What? This is him rapping, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, that's funny. Oh, so Luther Vandross invented rap. Okay. No, my father used to say the same thing about James Brown. He's like, oh, he was rapping back in the 60s. This ain't nothing new. Okay. Like, all right. He, if you look back at some of those James Brown tracks, he actually was more rapping than singing on a lot of them. But yeah, that is interesting to look back at it from that lens. Because where, where did rap really start? A whole other was he was James Brown rapping or was he just his own hype man? <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 He's probably one of the most <laughs> underrated hype men in music. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> James yes. is the type to like literally he'll stop he'll stop singing on the track like nah let me just talk let me just talk with you first. yeah <laughs> and, get, and give you instruction <laughs> like him. It's, like him and Teddy Pendergrass, like the rudest instruction givers in music I've ever heard. <laughs> like Teddy, will, like Teddy will literally be yelling at you to turn off the lights. Like, hey man, like I understand. Look, I understand my life. You know how I do this shit. Cool, all right. I cut him off. Yelling instructions at you, man. Like, damn. And then, and then he'll try to be all smooth and nice to you with. Close the door. <laughs> That's the word we need. We're like, like, you ain't fooled me, Teddy. You ain't fooled me, man. <laughs> but on the real, on the real, though, if you want to be doing all that yelling, let me know who gave that that fire ass me coat. I need that one time. <laughs> oh shit, man! We need to thaw that out. Woo, boy. So yes, we digress. We are back at, at at it again on a special July Fourth weekend. I hope y'all ain't really celebrating it. I hope y'all only half celebrating it, okay? <laughs> don't be working, but don't be overly patriotic either. You know how I go, because we <laughs> we need solidarity here. Uh, and people are getting mad at people for celebrating this holiday, and I'm like, as always. <laughs> yeah, of course. But you know, like I'll I'll take any day off. I don't care what you want to call it, man. I will protest with you. I will go to a march, but I will take any day off work. So if this is a long weekend, I'm cool with it. Juneteenth probably going to replace Columbus Day. So we in there. But I hope regardless of the the narrative and what's going on and the quarantine that you are still enjoying your great July 4th weekend. And we have a great lineup for you. A whole lot to talk about in the podcast today. We assembled a great meeting of black minds with you. Uh, one former guest, one we haven't had on yet officially, but a longtime friend of the show and friend of ours. So we're going to get into everything that's gone on in terms of music, pop culture, et cetera, et cetera, in a minute. But first off, let, let us welcome the podcast, as we always do. I'll start off with my boy, Figgy, who's always with me, man. Figgy, how you doing, bro? How you holding up? I'm chilling, man. Chilling. Same old, same old. Happy to be off. I was off yesterday. I enjoyed that mm. off day. I ain't doing Was this your first off day as a, a like official off day that you get? I think this was my second. This is oh, my okay. second. I think it might have been maybe um might have been President's Day. I forgot which day it was, but it felt good to be off this day. 
and still get paid. <laughs> so that's that's the purpose of being full time now. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Still still happy that happened, man. Yeah. And we also have a, uh, a returning guest to the show, uh, Brandon Scott. Uh, of course, friend of the show. We've been on before. Uh, Sports Radio six ten media mogul. I don't know what your official <laughs> title is, but that's what I call you. Six ten media mogul, bro. We I I ain't t- personally I ain't talked to you in a minute, man. I ain't seen you in a minute. Ever since the quarantine hit and they done closed on everything, I ain't been to the station in a while. How you been, bro? Man, back to your earlier point, man. I don't need a good excuse to have a day off, man. So it, it, it doesn't have to be anything that I agree with or actually celebrate. If I can get the day off, man, I'm going to take it. Uh, other than that, man, I've been good. I've been grinding. It's, it's funny that work seems to have picked up even with the absence of sports. So, like, I find myself working harder but it's flexible, like we were talking about before the show, man. I can do it from here. I can do it from home. And I ain't mad at it, man. And I'm glad to still have work because it's a lot of people oh, that sure. got, yeah. man, it's a lot of people that got clipped in this whole thing, man. So I'm glad to not be one of them. Blessed in that regard, man. And I just keep pushing, man, just like the rest of y'all. Uh, we also have another Brandon joining us, a longtime friend of the show. I first met this man in person doing the Jack Freeman podcast. And this man works at 97.9. He's a uh, blogger. He is a, uh, he, he's a, he's everywhere in the mix in Houston, man. <laughs> I see him on Twitter. He'd be posting up any big event. He was at the George Floyd funeral. He was at the protest. He, any, any event, man, he was at the Rockets and Lakers game. <laughs> <laughs> this man, this man be everywhere, I'm dog. trying to be like that. Yes. <laughs> he, he got the hookup. I'll let you hear him. <laughs> but Yes. Uh, Brandon Caldwell joins the show, man. First off, how you been in this uh, post in this COVID quarantine situation, man? Ooh, well, Ryan, uh, first of all, I'm glad to be with you, brothers, on this uh, this day, and we which we learned we are three fifths of men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to not, all right, to not be super bold, man. COVID has been a headache and a blessing, I would say. Because uh, me and Brandon also we we kind of share roles, right? In that he's digital on one side of the, uh, of the tower, I'm digital on the other side of the tower. So it's like when he says that you know it's got busier without sports, it's gotten busier even without concerts and events and things like that. And then I just think that all this has really been like a call to like arms and a call to action um, on my end, really, um, just because I've been galvanized by seeing people just go out and just be like, yo, like. It may be a whole pandemic outside, but it's another pandemic we've been dealing with for 401 years, and I'm tired of that one too. So let's go ahead and knock that one out while we're here. <laughs> so, nah, I'm good, man. I've been I've been good just trying to make sure that I get sleep. That that is the that is the main um, enriching nu- nutrients of all this sleep. Because Lord knows, Lord knows, ain't been a whole bunch of sleep around here. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel you've been busy, man. I see you you in the mix everywhere. Uh, so real quick before we get into it, man, I did want to know about your experience. I know you're at the George Floyd funeral. Um, how what was it like that atmosphere being there, the uh, session itself? Like what, what what was that whole whole experience like? Uh, whew. all right. So I don't know about y'all, but black church is like a, a welcoming thing. It's a it's a familiar thing. It's it's feeling right. So then when you got this, but you also got like a, a state funeral attached to it. It's a whole totally different vibe. So you will cut up in the pews when certain people are speaking. You'll basically make your jokes. 
about you know certain people probably going over their time. Thank you, Sheila Jackson Lee. After smooth, <laughs> as smooth as the preacher said, don't go over time because we got you know we got a process things of that nature. Um, but it was heavy. It was so heavy, like because you know when you first walk in, you go straight down. You look to your right. You said, "Oh, there's JJ Watt. Oh, there's Bill O'Brien. Oh, there's Jamie Fox. Oh, there's." Channing Tatum, where the hell are you? Wait, Channing Tatum, why are you here? I'll be then, sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? And then, like, you're like, okay, so this is an interesting group of celebrities. All right, we're not here for them. Uh, then you go down, you see the casket is gold, and you see George's face, and he's handsome, and he's at peace, and you're like, damn. And then you go back, and then also, and I, I give um, the founder phrase all this, all the kudos in the world. Because they literally like, look, look, unless you're wearing a mask, you can't be in here. So, you know how Jesus says, you know, come as you are. They're like, yeah, Jesus said come as you are, but you better have a mask on when you come. That's good to enforce that. Like, I'm with it. I'm here for it. So, you know, that was just, it was just a moment, really. Um, Because, again, like you had all these different voices from these different walks of faith just give you a breakdown. Like, yo, we need to tear all this stuff down. And even when you had the, the white pastor talk about you didn't tear stuff down, I was like, <gasps> is he going to tell his brothers and sisters that? Because I know he's telling this to us. I just hope it ain't lip service, though. And then, you know, you leave and it's like, okay, so now what? what's next, right? Is there a repass? I say, what a repass at? Apparently the repass at Red Lobster. Apparently the repass at Red Lobster. Yeah, like Tank and Jamie Foxx. And Channing Tatum and Sabrina Fulton, Trayvon Martin's mom, all eating red lobsters, just killing, just, just kicking it. I'm like, well, yeah, this sounds about right. This, this sounds about right. I so, gotta call that out though, man. Eating red lobster at in Houston is a sin. <laughs> that that cannot pass. We got too many dope seafood spots. Papa Do's, I would understand. Red lobster, man, I don't know. I mean, okay, given the fact that it's celebrity and you kind of want to be low-key, like, where's the one spot that is kind of popular that you would go that yeah, ain't nobody going to stop you stop you and look at you crazy? Because if you go to Papa Do's, especially Papa Do's off 610 and, uh, and Kirby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to be there all day. You're going to be there all day stuck. Fair enough. Uh, you know, so it's just been that. And then I just from now, it's just been like just gradually watching things evolve into a parade of Oh wait, we can we can actually do this? I didn't know that was wrong. It was wrong when you did it. It's just that now that the minority actually have the loudest voice in the room, and now you're nailed to make you open up your purse. And hey, man, like we losing money. Okay, yeah, we gotta do this. We got we can't have this no more. So that's pretty much where it is, man. I think it's a really um, it's a really fascinating world we're living in right now, and I'm kind of interested as to what's gonna happen next. Because if it's affecting sports, if it's affecting music, if it's affecting uh, pretty much anything just we know that it used to be our normal, then I'm, I'm with it. Except, that, except hot dogs. It's not affecting the glizzies for some reason. <laughs> the glizzies. The <laughs> In fact, today is, na- today is National Glizzy Day. Happy Glizzy Day to all you people that teach glizzies. Um, however you may inform your glizzy, if you want a little ketchup on your glizzy, some, bread, some, um, some reddish. Really? I got to ask a question real quick, what man. Up? Like, how did, how did glizzy go from gun to hot dog? 
But I, I don't understand yeah. how when that happened. The same, the same way extendo the same way um extended uh clip went from extendos to dicks. If you name Jeff Thug. Oh man. So we blaming Young Thug for this too, man. Okay. Hey I'm man, with young, it. young Thug, Young Thug said we shoot dicks. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, we got <laughs> the dicks on you. Wow. <laughs> but hey, nah. Because again, like you got shot Glizzy out of DC, and DC is where the, the term originated in terms of Glizzy. And I'm like, so is it a shy hot dog? Is it a shy hot dog guy? No, it's just a shotgun guy. It's just a shotgun. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but nah, man. Um, it's fascinating how things just evolve. Like, I mean, Virgil Abloh, you know, it was, it was Virgil Abloh. And now it's yeah, we're gonna, now we're gonna it's talk about two, that now it's too. two Virgils. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to refer to the number 50, it's Virgil now. So, speaking of which, and we may be jumping ahead, but why does Virgil Abloh remind me of the dude who was given a term paper three weeks ago, but he waits till like 11.50 to try and write it? I think that's exactly what happened. We're going to talk about that in a minute, though, because the Pop Smoke album, we're going to break that down in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. We gonna we gonna see what happens with everything in the nation right now. Uh, and I have enjoyed your work, Brandon, and all your reporting you've done, the writing you've done. So if y'all don't know this man, follow him on Twitter. He is underscore Brandoc, B R A N D O C, um, and check out his work, man. He be on the ground. He be he be on ground zero reporting and shit, man. And he has that good media, good content. So check him out. Live live tweeting, live tweeting. Um, also. Miss Lyle tweeting insecure. Like the last dance and insecure are the two <laughs> things I had to remind me that Sunday was Sunday. So now I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, we need something new to watch, man. We running out of shit. Hey, real quick on uh on the the pitchfork uh piece that Brandon did. Can I just say and even I guess that day of George Floyd's funeral, I was so glad to see the CUNY homes mentioned so many times in the public space. Man, yes. Man, yes, and, and the first time I saw it in your in your piece, and of course, like that day again, we heard we heard it or saw it mentioned so many times. I'm like, okay, people are getting a chance to really see what like black history looks like in Houston. Uh-huh. Albeit a, a horrible circumstance, the wrong way to get there, but I mean, they put all of that stuff on Front Street, man, and you know, like. I, that was just a beautiful moment for me to to see how that community was celebrated. I went to Yates. I learned how to do a lot of good things and a lot of bad things in the CUNY homes myself. Mm-hmm. So to just see that that experience shared, man, even found the praise, man. I don't think people realize this. Found the praise is like a black mega church now, but it has not been that that long. Found the praise used to be oh, right down the street on uh on Post Oak and Orm and was just South Post Oak Baptist Church. Like it was a small operation and then it, it it's blown up. And then to see it be the place where George Floyd's funeral was hosted and then all of this history to be shared, like that was just to me a beautiful moment, man. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the fascinating aspect is it's only in death or these moments of tragedy where you end up learning so much more and so much greater and learning the significance of not only our black history in third world, but just our black history in this city, period. Like it's it basically helped me teach other people like, yo, do you remember Danny Ray Campos in 1970 and um, in the 70s in which HBD literally beat up a Vietnam vet and then tossed him off a bridge? And they literally led to a riot after the, they only got they only got a year probation for that. And like the nuts so far about it is like these stories they keep happening, they keep circulating around. 
It's just that the names and characters may change. The the situations and the significance of them don't. And the beauty, I think, in all of this, as dark as it may be, is that you're making people more aware of what of, of the ground they inhabit, of the of the land they walk through every day. Yeah, I agree, man. I struggle with that myself. Um, I, I sometimes I get caught up in the fact that I feel like a lot of things are being changed and done just because it's trendy to do now. But also, Ooh, I feel like I also feel like you know, better late than never. At least it is happening, regardless of the <laughs> circumstance. So. So it's a tricky thing I, 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 I struggle with sometimes, man, trying not to be completely, you know, disillusioned with the intent and just being happy that, you know, things are actually happening. We're going to so. get rid of master bedroom. It just. Bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything but we asked for everything but what we asked for, bro. Everything except for arresting <laughs> the officers that killed Elijah and the officers that killed Beyonce. Yeah. Like, that's all we ask. Yeah. No more, no less. It's not even hard. It's not even difficult. It's like, oh, right, no, 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 I take it back. It's difficult because you made it a political issue now. Yeah. Common sense is, bro, all this is about accountability. Like, if accountability was so hard and so difficult to people, then, well, it wasn't, I mean, if it wasn't so hard and difficult, then a lot of this shit would have been up in it a long time ago. Like, you wouldn't have um, police immunity. You wouldn't have um, voter suppression. You wouldn't have a laundry list of things that I'm pretty sure Brother Farrakhan talked about today. Yeah. Also, you. also, you find it kind of weird that all of a sudden um, our Anglo-Saxon brothers and sisters are starting to quote Farrakhan now? I think that's very... First off, I think it's crazy that uh, Farrakhan did a speech on Diddy's platform. Yeah. I think that was kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm glad it happened, uh, but people have very polarizing views and considering how connected Diddy is in the industry, mm-hmm. he really kind of put himself on the line by doing that. So yeah. Yeah. I personally applaud it, but I know people have very, very different views on him and what he says and what he has said in the past. So I'm for as, it. But, as an amputee. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just surprised Diddy actually did it. So yeah, shout out to him. I hope all y'all all watched that. Uh, it, it was very long. It was like over three hours, I think. I watched some yeah. of it. I couldn't watch the whole thing. But well, it seems like people are just more open minded to hearing things that they would not have entertained at all. Like to to Brandon's point, like they weren't trying to hear from Farrakhan. Farrakhan is not new. That's not a young man. He got banned <laughs> off of everything, man. That's they took saying. him he off Facebook, crazy. Twitter, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But we digress. We've gotten way off topic. We got to break down things that happened uh, this past week. Um, so we're going to start off with uh, new albums. Not a whole lot released, but one really big release people have been looking forward to. The Pop Smoke, I guess this is his official debut album. Uh, it is called uh, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Um, a whole lot of features on it. 19 tracks long, about 56 minutes in length. Um, shock full of features. Um, now the first controversy came out a few days before its release. Uh, when Virgil Abloh, I think that's how you say his name, Virgil Abloh, yeah, uh, famed uh, fashion, he, uh, what is he, a fashion director, fashion creator? Uh, uh he, yeah, he, yeah, you say he's a hammer, I call him. <laughs> 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 he, he, puts, he puts shirt. 
<laughs> you put shirt on his shirt and sell it for 80 bucks. So I don't really care for him. That's that Kanye but uh, so Vir- Virgil has been assigned to create the uh, Pop Smoke album cover. It released it. Le- I don't know if it leaked or released a few days before, and it looked very sloppily made. It looked like it was made by a person who just learned Photoshop like eight hours ago and, and just a, did his first cousin, project. I got a cousin in the CUNY homes right now that could have got you a better picture than that. Right. Yes. Now. The uh, early, <laughs> early 2000s, 2000s no, no limit, limit covers, covers would have looked better. <laughs> whoever whoever designed those could did a better job, man. To be fair, them pen and pixel album covers kind of like taught me what ball it looked like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause I'm pretty sure I want to like like shoot dice next to like about fifty thousand dollars and like some cute like some damn stuff playing for me. Just just very near and dear to my heart. Thank you, Pin Pixel, for giving yes. me a lot of classic No Limit covers and a lot of classic um, Cash Money covers as well. Thank you. The Big Bear doing things cover looked better than that. Woo! <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen that cover. Uh, but check it out, the Big Bear Doing Things album cover, infamous in how crazy it looks, looked better than a Virgil cover. But what did y'all think, and, and what do y'all think about Virgil, period? He's been a little bit of hot water based off of what he was saying during the uh, Minneapolis protests. Uh, some Several designer stores got looted, and he was very outspoken about that. Then he had a curious donation of only $50 to some kind of uh, platform, which if you look on his site, nothing on his site costs $50 or under. Everything is like 75 and up. A pair of socks costs 75 and up on his site. So he's been in a little bit of hot water and this cover came out and it was very, very suspicious looking. So what are your thoughts on the cover itself? And does Virgil deserve all this hate he's been getting lately? Um, I'll go first, I guess. Does Virgil deserve all the hate and the slander? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, the man tried to sell you caution belts and caution tape <laughs> as belts. He, wrote, he literally wrote air on some uh, on a pair of old Jordans and then resold it to you to the point where the markup value is so crazy that you can't even get them. Um, the man literally told you that design is the biggest scam in the world. And sure enough, sure enough, ladies and gentlemen, Sure enough, it's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and Google the first picture of um, Pop Smoke I see. <laughs> I'm going to steal a little bit of Future and Drake's What a Time to Be Alive album cover. I'm going to need that. I'm going to just put that in the background, right? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to just get some barbed wire because, you know, I guess barbed wire is a thing in Brooklyn when it really is. <laughs> and then I'm going to just throw it all together. Clean blow. Also, I'm going to need a PNG version of the exp- uh, parental advisory explicit content um, <laughs> sticker. Eat that, and I'm gonna make it happen. And you look at it, you like, bruh, this is a presumptuous. Is a, a, a yeah, I've never learned to pronounce that correctly. I can spell presumptuous <laughs> always, but I can't like say it. It's somebody's debut album after after they died. They're passed away, right? It's an album that means a lot to a lot of people. And you do this? This? <laughs> you might as well just broke, you might as well just have an image of pop smoke you got Google and then put, and then you just stencil it in, pop, smoke. <laughs> and 
aim for aim the number four a moon um, emoji, a gun emoji for shoot, <laughs> the number four again, and then and then two stars to to say two dual stars. You could have done that, but instead, what happens is you see a lot of great graphic designers kind of pull up on social media and be like, "Yo, I got hotter, I got hotter, I got hotter," and all them covers were hot fire. Yeah. And the one they eventually chose, a black rose, a little, a little crystallized looking black rose. I kind of like the cover, man, the new cover, but it's yeah, a lot it, better than the original. Yeah. I will give him that. But that's a low bar. That's yeah. a this is like that's it's like the floor is lava, right? The floor is lava on Netflix. Like it's literally like say so, decent design work, Virgil's work. Virgil's actual <laughs> work, you can't even see it on the <laughs> So, look, man, I I think pop deserved better in that regard. Like, I, I wish there was more emphasis on the music going into yeah. the album's release as opposed to the cover art. But it's a shame because the music is good. <laughs> and it's a double shame because, like, that man was just starting to emerge as a great in New York. And then what happens is... Yeah, he Sally gets shot and killed in Hollywood, and now no, and then you know, thanks to COVID, nobody knows how to how, if they're gonna solve this case. Yeah, I mean, that, that, this should put a dent in everything, man. Uh, we gonna we gonna break the the album down shortly, but first up, uh, B Scott Figgy, how do y'all feel about the design itself? Do y'all think that the hate is justified here? Yeah, I I, I definitely do, man. You look at that; it it just looks it just looks so harebrained. Like it, 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 it looks. What was that technology that we used earlier about being uh, waiting to the last minute to to complete the project or whatever for the assignment? Like it, it literally, <laughs> like he was like, you know, like COVID. This thing with the COVID, man, how how everybody's lost track of time. Like we don't know what day <laughs> it is. You don't know what time it is. Is it Thursday? Like my my kid asked me the other day if it was Friday. It was Monday. Like nobody knows what day it is. It seemed like that's what what he got caught up. He's like, "Oh shit, I was doing that, wasn't I?" And, <laughs> and and for me, it's so like it's insulting on, with with the backdrop of the fifty dollar donation. I think that actually bothered me so much more because we're talking about somebody that has done so much, at least business wise, and has made so much money. Like I thought that fifty dollar donation to you know, was was really just like a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this on top of it, like, yeah, man, he deserves all the smoke. Like, especially when you put him back to back like that, man. Like I, I, I do not. And I know he's like, he's designed some really dope album covers in the, in the past. So it's not, you can't say, I don't even know why they had him doing this in the first place. But when you see what he did, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know why they had his ass doing this shit in the first place. <laughs> so. Yeah, what you think, man? I agree, man. I think he deserved every bit of smoke for this, man. And it, it was kind of, it kind of got me thinking. I wonder did Kanye get this work ethic from him? Because them two was really mm-hmm. tight, and this seemed like a last minute. Um, remember the Yay cover? It it kind of, <laughs> it kind of remind me of that a little bit. <laughs> saying like, oh, you know, I don't, I could, I could just do this in five minutes. Let me just do this real quick. That's how I felt like yeah. the album cover was the artwork did was he, did he do that one too no he didn't no nah, no nah, uh, Kanye, did Kanye, yeah. Kanye did that one he actually took that picture on the way to the the bonfire or whatever that was the and album release party he yeah. took yeah. the picture of the cover 
yeah on the waste for album release party yeah so i felt i felt like he kind of didn't really take his time with this at all obviously and yeah i think he deserved all the smoke for this it, it looked bad I agree, man. I'm by far any kind of voice on high fashion, but I always thought that most of modern high fashion is kind of stupid. And uh, Virgil's work kind of proves it to me. The -hmm. fact that his stuff costs so much that you would even charge so much for a plain T-shirt is crazy to me. But the fact that his designs look so sloppy and lazy and the fact that there's so many better, so many designers on Twitter, Facebook that you see all the time that don't get the appreciation or work they deserve. But just cause Drake shot out Virgil, you got to pay $300 for a, a whatever he's selling a belt or something. So I always thought this fashion shit's kind of goofy and, and he's like the face of the goofy fashion shit to me. So I've, I've never really liked him even before all this stuff happened. Um, I know it's good to have black faces and him being the uh, director of Louis Vuitton is good in terms of having a black face there i guess but it also matters who you put in you know will they look out for their own people will they create more opportunities for black people and i haven't seen that from him personally so i don't think so but yeah it is what it is the other thing too man you can't cheat an album cover man i know a lot of people cheat music they kind of get a little lazy but to me the lazy art covers never really flew with me before dead man at that like you know i hate to put it that way but for a person that just died yeah come on with it come on man what are you doing (laughs) yeah it was nothing special about that respect (laughs) he thought his name was gonna carry in my field man and unfortunately that uh, for him that didn't happen but let's go ahead and actually talk about the music itself man uh now this album i already said was 19 tracks long about uh and first, I'll go last. I want to know what y'all thought about this album. Uh, we reviewed uh, Welcome to the Woo Part 2. It was a mixtape on this podcast before. And I will admit, at that point, I wasn't really a fan. I didn't think that project was... I, I un, He was very hyped, even at this point. And that was the first time I heard him. And I didn't really get the hype at that point. You know, it, all the songs kind of sound the same to me a little bit. And I didn't see how people were saying this guy was a king of New York, but I have different thoughts about this album itself, but I want to know what y'all thought first. So we'll, we'll go the same order, kick it off with Brandon Caldwell, man. How you feel about it, man? The uh, album itself? I think when you got, you know, the influences of 50 Cent involved and him just kind of taking a, a hold of a project, it's like, okay, how many cooks are in this kitchen and can all of them make a cohesive project? A cohesive product. And to me personally, I think they really came through and made something decent. Like, I think what happened was that pop kind of grew from Welcome to the Party and then Dior, and then Dior being such a massive hit last year for the summer, um, you get New York publications, you get all the hip-hop publications kind of anoint these guys next. And the wild shit is, is, like, you listen back to it, it's like this guttural, like, New York drill sound, like, okay, I see where the future is going. Like, if it goes here, I'm with it. If it doesn't go here... I don't think it's going to stray away back to what people love about New York, but at least there's a reason sound to it, right? And I think a lot of people love the fact that when shit sounds regional, like you know, oh, this is from the South or this is from the West or this is from the East Coast. People gravitate gravitate towards it more. That's why I think, you know, in trying to like find like a, um, a comparison, that's why people love that Jada Kiss and Fabulous versus on Monday. 
and you already knew Fabulous wasn't gonna win, but basically just gave you about a good hour and a half to kind of like just be like, yo, New York sounded really fucking fun and grimy back then. <laughs> and in this album, I just think it just really just sounded fun and it just had that those moments of damn, Pop was really about to be somebody and he's about to be something real special. So that's why I'm with. I don't have a favorite track just yet, but at the moment I'm just like letting it build up. And once I have a favorite, I probably like tweet about it or like that. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, B Scott, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I'm still getting through it. I know that the criticism of him is like that the that the tracks sound alike and that all of his music sounds the same. But for me, Pop is one of these guys. Like when you sound dope, I actually don't mind it as much when your music mm-hmm. sounds the same because it sounds good. And and so like I'm I'm still getting through. I'm still getting through it and trying to figure out how I feel about it exactly. But, but I mean, I, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a dope project, man. Like I, I saw, I had some friends on Twitter who were criticizing it and they were really on there for the features and like, they just really weren't really on pops music like that. But like, I think this was, I, th- I thought this was an ambitious project to kind of reflect some of what, uh, what Brandon was saying, like, like how could they could could they really actually pull it off? I thought that they did, you know. So far, so good. Um, I probably this is one of those that I think you probably have to spend at least two or three times to really decide how you feel about it. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't, I have not done that yet. But but I like the project, man, and I and I like his sound. So I'm not so caught up with the you know everything sounds alike thing. That's not really a critique for me. I agree, man. And yeah, it did just drops Friday. And I try to taint, tone down my instant reactions because I know it's only been a day since we heard these a lot of these albums. But it's only been a day. We're still trying to sit with it and try to figure out exactly. I don't like calling everything a classic immediately, but Twitter no. does. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, okay, the last project I heard like this year anyway that like felt classic to me when I first heard it, like first heard it all the way through. Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Alfredo. Like, that's okay. the one I'm like, ooh, Freddie on another level again. <laughs> we got to talk about Freddie Gibbs, too, because he's been disappointing me lately, man. But we'll Uh-oh. talk about that in a second, dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> we got to get into Wait, that. Not, not, not musically or on no, social uh, media? No, on social, social media. media. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. Yeah. Yo, this entire right. week has been a wild one for social media, man. Like, it's been wild. Yeah. Like, do you even, like, so where do you even go? You go from Freddie? Do you go August Alcina? Like, like where are the levels in this? We going to break it all down, man. But first, Figgy, how you feel about the Pop Smoke album, dog? Um, I kind of enjoyed it, man. I, the, my only disappointment with this album was... I felt like it was a little too commercial. I, I felt I, like the songs I heard from him, man, it was real like drill music. It was grimy. I felt like he had a lot of auto tune in it. It was it was a lot of you could tell a lot of club records, which is cool. I think you know I think he would eventually went that way anyway. But I felt like I he could have put a little more drill music in there. I would have liked to hear a little more um, from that. But some of the standout tracks for me, I'm looking right now. Um, the song for the night featuring Lil Baby and the Baby, I mm-hmm. thought it, I thought it was cool. The one thing I hate about, um, I, I'm gonna break. I ain't gonna break down the Baby's verse, but the one thing I hate when rappers do whenever they hop on the album, uh, somebody who passed away, like a Biggie duets type of album. I no, hate, no. I hate when <laughs> they I hate when they say rest in peace to the artist. 
mm-hmm. and they on the same song. So he mentioned recipes pop, pop smoke or something like that. I just hate that. To me, that kind of take the feeling away. Because I, when I listened to this album, I kind of went into it like the album was already done. And, you know, the features was already set. So for this, it seemed like he just hopped on after the fact. So I, I hate when people hop on a Biggie song and they say rest in peace Biggie or something like that. To me, that kind of take it away. That's a little pet peeve for me. But um, the other songs, um, Roddy Rebel was on here from Jail. Yeah, I, I hate that type of stuff, man. I, you know, like I understand. I, I I would rather have him as a voicemail on there at the intro or something like that. Like, don't give me a whole verse from the phone in jail. I, I, I don't know. I just I, I really didn't like it. It was a cool verse, but I really didn't like it. Um, some other songs. He he had Quavo on here a couple times. I felt like they had a pretty good chemistry. <laughs> they sound it's, it sounded like they could have did a, a joint album together. So uh, unfortunately, we ain't gonna get that. But um, outside of that, man, I thought it was pretty cool. I like I like the West Coast shit song a lot. Oh no! I I can I, <laughs> I I don't know why. And man, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like I feel like Tiger is kind of underrated a little bit. He, I agree. He he's he he's somebody that been around for a long time. He been around since like 08, 09, and he's still putting out bangers. Earlier, <laughs> he like been all of those coconut, huh? Yeah, I think Tiger been around since like two thousand ten, maybe. Yeah, he been around for yeah, a minute. Like that. He was like one of those internet MySpace type rappers, but um, yeah, man, I. I I, I kind of like that song. I ain't going to lie. But mm. overall, I think the album was okay. I think it was. I don't think it's a classic, but I thought it was cool. All right. Uh, I'm glad you brought that. I, I just talk about West Coast shit in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, uh, generally, when it comes to like a posthumous album, uh, I know people get quick to kind of like I try to approach everything fair. And I try to listen to this album as if he was alive today. You know, the tricky thing about this album was nobody was really 100% sure how much was completed and how much was added on after the death. You made a good point bringing up the baby verse because that was clearly made after he died. So it brings up a weird mix of people who made songs with him when he was living and then people who kind of come off as clout chasing if they got on the album after he died. And so it's a very weird mix, but from what I understand, most of the album was done. And this is close to what he wanted for his debut album. So a lot of people had a problem with uh, uh, King Combs, uh, Puffy's son, Diddy's son being on the album. But apparently that was actually made when uh, Pop Smoke was living and they were cool. So that, that was not a case of Diddy making the call and getting his son on the Pop Smoke song. <laughs> So the album itself, man, like I said, I wasn't a big fan when uh, Meet the Woo 2 came out, but listening to this, I can see the star potential now. You know, I did see he was more versatile. He was not rapping the same way on every track. You know, he had a different mix. He could go pop if he wanted to. He had a nice mix of of the street shit. Uh, I was turned off by the, the sheer amount of features on the album, man. It's crazy. I counted and of night, I think it's 16 tracks on here. Wait, 19 tracks. 19. I think only about eight did not have a feature on it. 
the rest had features on it and that's more than half the album at that point to me it almost comes off as a dj Khaled album you know just reading the track list and all the features on it it, it was a little too much that, that's that's on purpose though right like they're trying to market the album is that like i, I get what you're saying from a musical standpoint that seemed like it was more business yeah am i wrong on that I, that's yeah. a, that I would say that's I would say that's like more aligned with business because I mean right now you're gonna get who's hot. Like if Lil Baby's in, in my in my estimate, Lil Baby's the hottest rapper in the game right now. Like you're gonna get him on a track. Um the baby, uh same way. Uh Quay yeah. well, you well here's what you know. You can instantly tell who had chemistry with Pop when he was alive, yes, versus who was just slotted in here because on paper it sounds good. Exactly. I'm not mad at Lil TJ being on tracks because they were actually cool when he was alive and they were doing tracks together for a while. Yeah. But somebody like Quavo being on two tracks, a Sway Lee being on one is like, uh, I don't know. It sounds good. And maybe this is what he wanted. It's hard to tell. And that's the problem, you know. But uh, the album itself, man, I really actually did enjoy it. I thought the production was very well done. Uh, uh, most of it bumps. Um, the standouts for me actually were the songs where he did not have a feature on it. You know, the three tracks of uh, 44 Bulldog, Gangsters, and Yeah, Yeah. I thought those are some of the strongest tracks, man. Those were like right at the beginning before the uh, heavy features come in. Uh, I like the song with Future and Quavo. Uh, the Rowdy Rebel prison verse, I didn't like that. I agree with Figgy. I don't like the telephone from prison verse. I didn't like the Shine album when he did it. I don't like the prison verses, man. I was like, just about to ask you about that. Godfather Buried Alive was one of the worst attempts at an album ever, man. <laughs> and uh, that the, you, you, we, I understand. You could do an intro. You can do a person talking shit on the phone from prison. I don't want to hear the telephone vocals mixed in an actual song. It just sounds bad, man. And yeah. I didn't like that. Uh but there were also several remakes of popular songs here. I want to talk about that, too. He remade, uh, what's it called? So Into You. I, I, yeah. Look, <laughs> people were mad about that. I, I'm okay with shit from the 2000s and 90s being remade because it happens in music, and it especially happens in rap. I just didn't like the fact that he sung the hook. <laughs> I don't think he's a good singer. I think that was one that could have used a feature. Some, I don't know, Kalani or somebody could have sang that hook. It didn't have to be him. I thought that sounded bad. <laughs> right. He also remade Differences uh, by Genuine. I thought that was cool. The beat is cold. So, I mean, I, I could live with it. I didn't like the remake of Many Men, considering the fact of how he died. I didn't like yeah. the mess. I thought it sounded bad. I, I, I would be okay if that song leaked or it was just put out on its own. I don't like it being on the album. I feel like it's kind of in bad taste considering how he died. That the last thing he says on the track is uh, run up on me if you want. You know, mm -hmm. that's very haunting and kind of disturbing the fact that that's actually how he died. So yeah, personally, I didn't like that. Let me ask you this, Rocket. But if that's how he lived, you know, like, I, I, I actually agree with you. I agree with you. But, I mean, I think that, there's, that they're shooting for some form of authenticity there. Like, I don't know. 
No, I think you're right. And if he was alive, he'd definitely want that on the album. Right. But I just kind of feel like the people in charge, considering knowing how he died, it, it sounds like listening to it is kind of uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know, they ran up in his house and killed him. Yeah. And so very, very disturbing. That that might just be just me. I think people like the song personally. So uh, that might just be me who had a problem listening to it. But over, I didn't like the fact that they put Dior on it, too. But I understand you got to get streaming numbers up. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I, I still put it to you like this. The only person I want to hear remake songs is Zero. Is who? Zero. That's the only person I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> call, hey, call, well, remind me real quick. Are you from O City? Born and raised. Okay. Spoken like somebody from O City. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. Hey, but spoken, spoken like somebody truly from O City. I feel Look, like. man, like if you listen to like the whole uh, like the whole process of screw records, like back in like back in the like the mid nineties, all the way up to his past like remaking like classic R&B songs was what they did. Yes. And if you yeah. go back to, um, wow, I can't believe. Uh, right or wrong, right? Like, so it didn't always work out great. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right still, wrong. You know, I just had an old moment. I was like, damn, Let the Truth Be Told came out 15 years ago. Yes. That was senior high school for me. And I was thinking to myself, like, yo, I'm going to say, remember, one of the greatest zero remakes ever is Respect My Mind. Yeah, they shot it. So again, so again, if it's let it be Ro or Fonte, anybody else? No, I agree. Yeah, Zero is crazy. He will remake any. He will remake a a Billy Ocean song with thugged out (laughs) lyrics. Man, it'll actually sound good. He's one of the few that can do it. (laughs) Not everybody can, and not everybody can sing or should be singing. I don't think Pop Smoke should have been singing. Really, he should have had the people singing on his tracks. He should have did the. uh, I don't know. I feel like he was going for a 50 cent jaw rule type of thing, but I just didn't really like it. I thought he sounded a little bit like, what was his name? He sounds like Lloyd Banks when he tries to sing. Yeah. He actually sounds like Lloyd Banks, period. He does, but even more so when he tries to sing a hook, because Lloyd Banks would try to sing too sometimes. It would sound terrible. Yeah. (laughs) So all in all, man, I personally enjoyed the album. Uh and this is coming from somebody who wasn't a big fan when he was alive, Same. but I do think it's worth people's time if they want to listen to it, if they want to have a cool album to jam out to this weekend. It bumps in the car, it bumps in the headphones. So if you ain't heard of him really or gave his music a shot, I think it's a good place to start. Summon it for everybody, man. So wait, what was your yeah. thoughts on the West Coast shit? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. That song is <laughs> terrible, man. I think that song is the worst song on the album by far. And it's not just because Tiger's on it. I'm I'm cool with Tiger. Tiger got some cool songs now, okay. but the it sounded very forced. It also has probably the worst bar I've heard this year. Uh, Pop Smoke said somebody called Batman because I'm Robin. Uh, I heard that too. <laughs> that 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 is the I, worst bar I've heard this year, probably. I kind yeah, I kind of cringe when I heard that too. So, man. <laughs> uh, that that took me out immediately. <laughs> I thought the beat was very, very by the numbers, West Coast, generic. DJ Mustard. <laughs> yeah, generic yeah. beat. So I wasn't a fan of that song. I thought that was probably the worst song in the album to me, honestly, even <laughs> lower than the uh, So Into You remake. So, yeah, I, I didn't like that song at all, man. But uh, other than that, I thought it was a very, very solid project. Everybody should listen to it if you if you into it. And yeah, definitely check it out. R.I.P. Pop Smoke. Very sad that it had to come out in these circumstances, man. But 
you know, the, I think overall they did him justice in how the album sounds. So, long live the Wu. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another song came out though. We gotta talk about man. Uh, so Kanye West is back. I think mainly because he announced a uh, deal with Gap, some kind of designer deal. He's working out with them. And whenever he has something to sell, he usually comes back with new shit, I've noticed. And he came out with a new song, and this song is called Wash Us in the Blood with Travis Scott. Well, I guess they're cool again now officially because they're working together. But uh, Was they never not so, uh, I don't think they were cool when Drake dissed him on Travis Scott's song. I think Kanye felt a way about that. And uh, people were saying that uh, Stop Trying to Play God or whatever was about him. Was that him or J. Cole? No, that was, that that was Travis, Travis Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, be, people yeah, were, people were saying. Scott was, uh, I don't know who Travis was talking about on the record, but it was, uh, that's a Travis record. I don't know. People speculated that he was talking about Kanye. I didn't yeah. know. I, I thought but, so too until I watched that Travis Scott documentary. And Kanye was um, kind of in it because he came to um, his daughter's birthday party or something like that. Oh, okay. So I was like, huh? Like, I, I kind of didn't really get it. <laughs> I, so I really didn't see, like, a true beef type of thing. So that uh, after I seen that, I'm like, nah, maybe he don't have a beef with him because, shoot, they are, like, brothers-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> technically. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I, I know, but I do know Kanye felt a certain way about the uh, the whole uh, sicko mode thing. Yeah. But I guess they're over it because they have a new song out. There was a video. A, I say video loosely because it's really just a montage of random images. Seems like you know. I want to say it's mostly protests, but he also threw like random black people fights in there and a whole lot of crazy shit that I Dancing. couldn't really vibe with. But uh, what do you guys feel? We'll go same order. Brandon Caldwell, what were your thoughts on this this experimental track, if you want to call it? Uh, it sounded like Jesus. It sounded like Jesus <laughs> mixed in with a little bit of. I went to church last week, and I I've got this one gospel song I really really like. So let me throw this in here too. Uh, like the lyrics itself for the record, like eh, okay, Kanye. Like I I maintain that Kanye West has not made anything interesting in terms of music since 2016. Since the life of Pablo is the last okay. time Kanye made anything interesting. I don't think that's um, even controversial. I think that's true. So that's that. The video itself was like I'm going. To, I'm trying to say something um, monumental, but instead I'm just going to give you all. I'm going to give you all these wild clips and also some YouTube. Uh, not YouTube. Some world star. Uh, fight compilations, <laughs> throw that in a blender and make it pop. And I'm like, I don't know if this is insulting my intelligence. I don't know if this is all lives mattery or what, Kanye. But <laughs> you could have got all this out without having to include the World Star clips. Like, I'm good, fam. Thanks. <laughs> Virgil might have produced that video. Yeah, hey, he, he ran up into hey, hey, that makes a pro at the last minute. <laughs> that seemed like That's a Virgil thing, production, don't it? I, <laughs> like, today. look, I, need, like, I got final cut. Right <laughs> I got the trial version, though. I got, 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 I got
<laughs> the trial version that's hilarious hey, let me, uh, hey let me say this real quick because I, I haven't heard it so i'm just gonna piggyback off of, off a of call real, real quick if it sounds like jesus i don't feel like i need to go listen to it <laughs> i don't feel like i don't feel like i have to experiment with this at all if it sounds like jesus you know like i only thing on jesus i think i like was blood on the leaves um I, I, yeah I, I like round two I had a weird thing for Guilt Trip, too, even though that was a weird, I thought that was a weird track. Nobody else really liked it. But, yeah, no, if it sounds like Jesus, I'm good. I'm good. And I haven't heard it yet, so. <laughs> hear what y'all That's a good feeling to have. That's good. Like, if, like if your description is very apt, then I'm good. I ain't got worried about it. <laughs> Straight up. One of the biggest things I hate is the uh, uh, the remixing of history about Jesus, how it somehow become, like, this great underrated work nah. that ranks upon. And I think uh, I, I got to talk to Fat Tony about this too, man, because he loves Jesus. And <laughs> I just want to know why. <laughs> like, what about that album is great? I understand if you like different eclectic sounds, but I, that, the, okay, fuck the Jesus debate, man. First yeah. off, Figgy, how you feel about the song itself, man? Because I, I could talk all day about how I hate Jesus. But <laughs> yeah, man. How you feel about the song itself, man? How? I didn't like it at all, man. I think it was a one-time listen, and I agree with um, Caldwell. I felt like this was a uh, a track that was off of Yeezus that that didn't make it. <laughs> so I, I I really wasn't feeling it at all, and I don't think I would play this song on my way to church. Oh no, 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 yeah, it's not even that nah, type of song. Nah. Even even his last album, uh, a lot of people say they didn't really care for it. I would play that song on my way to church. At least, but oh, that album. Yeah, I would play it on uh, my way to church. Man, I'll put it to you like this: the Jesus King album that came out last summer is the most soulless gospel record I've ever heard in my life. Like, but see, you're, I supposed, to, you're but, supposed to feel something in gospel. But, I felt nothing. But see, I wouldn't even label that as a gospel album. I I I would label that as more of a gospel or, or uh, I guess Christian rap. I guess I would put that near the what's the Christian rapper that um, that's real popular right now. I forgot his name. Lecrae. 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 Yeah. I would I would put that more in that category. I I can't put that album next to Kurt Franklin or next to hey, Fred hey. Hammond. Hey, hey, look. Okay, so stop <laughs> real quick. Real quick. Somebody who has listened to some Lecrae. Hey man, that is not no Lecrae, man. Lecrae can mm-hmm. rap. I mean, whether you like Christian rap or not is a different discussion. But Lecrae can rap. He's doing like comprehensive songs, thoughtful stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, aside from, I guess, some of the controversy that he was uh, in on social media recently, like his music. <laughs> I was about to say. Fill fill me in on this, man. I, I haven't heard this. What happened? Man, Lecrae. <laughs> Hey, he stood up there with like I guess it's a white pastor. I forget the exact context, but he's basically up there with some white clergymen, and the white clergyman makes a justification for slavery. Essentially, oh, no. it's like this is why this is why slavery worked out for you guys. Oh no, am I wrong? Is that the kind of the argument basically? Yeah, that's, that's about it. Keep yeah. going, keep going, because here's where it gets ridiculous. Come well, on. Well, and then. I cut it off eventually because Lecrae doesn't step in and say, Hey, actually, no, that's not okay. And that's not, and you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't check them. And I think that was the issue for a lot of people with Lecrae, especially somebody who's supposed to be, you know, an activist and a, and a civic leader and all of these things that he has fashioned him to say, he is those things, 
Why he didn't step up in that moment, I do not know. Didn't mean to take us off the rails, but I I, I just uh, didn't so I, I haven't heard about this, man. That's yeah, great. There's also one part about what that pass what happened that you're missing. There's no, go ahead, go, go ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so mind you, Lecrae was on stage with his white pastor and the and the founder the founder and CEO of Chick Fil A, Dan Kaplan. So That's what you can imagine how this conversation is gonna go. <laughs> and the white pastor says. We should stop using the term white privilege in regards yes, to this. Yes, that was we it. We should yeah. call it, how about we call it white blessings? Oh my goodness. I, yes. and, and I'm like, and everybody's mad at Lecrae because Lecrae's like, did he just say what I? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like Lecrae's immediate re- reaction should have been, nigga, what? <laughs> like he could have literally just said, nigga, what right there? I would die laughing, but also been like, yeah, that's. That's some wild shit to say, man. White blessings. White blessings. To be fair, sometimes you do get blindsided when you're brought up somewhere. And yeah, he should know more being the fact that he's a rapper as opposed to a person who's used to things like this probably. But sometimes you do get blindsided if you get brought up somewhere and a guy just starts talking crazy. You don't even know how to react sometimes. So I'm not going to call him a coon or anything for that. No, no, no. He, I don't know how he feels, nah, but like that. that is crazy. Yeah, it definitely was not a good look. I also think like we have a, like, a giant rush to try and cancel people. And the thing is like, oh, such and such is canceled. Like, um, maybe we're trying to hold this person accountable. Like, yo, you fucked up. <laughs> you still, you're still cool, but you fucked up. Like, I think there needs to be like a tier system in regards to canceling somebody. Because Robert Sylvester Kelly, cancel. <laughs> Russell Simmons, cancel. Wait, is he? He should be. He if should be. That all the he, he should be. Nah, yeah. he been dugging and dodging. Yeah, he, he, he has ca- been. He, yeah, he came out once this documentary came out. <laughs> but he been long gone. I nah, think he he's was in still dog. He can't be. He's in a foreign country where he can't be no. extradited. No, like if that, don't, or no, if that don't sound like guilt. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, he did do the Breakfast Club interview, um, but yeah, that's the first time people actually heard from him. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't think he's been. Can- I think he he avoided cancellation just by fleeing and, and hiding in the cut for a while. But yeah, I, I agree. Some 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 people do deserve it, and some people just like there needs to be a trending topic for the day, so we go after somebody. Right, right. Well, and, and it's like you also got a whole nother side that's like mad at Oprah or mad at like the messenger. So it's hard. It, it can't be full on cancellation when you got so many people that are still shooting the messenger. You know. Yeah. Very true. That's a whole nother podcast. They'll talk it about is. cancel culture, man. So. Other things that happened this week, I do want to know y'all's take on this year's BET Awards. Um, I will admit I did not watch because I do not have cable, so I was not able to watch it. It actually so came on CBS. You, yeah, you could have just used your rabbit ears if you oh, got it. Oh, it was on CBS? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. See, see, see this is what happens in a COVID, um, <laughs> racially sensitive world. Viacom finally was like, all right, look, guys. Um... I know we do the MTV Awards. We simulcast on all of the other stations. Um, we can let them do the BET Awards this one year on CBS, right? Ain't nothing else going on, right? right? So, mind you, this is like the most... It was it was black as hell and sad as hell at the same time. The joy of the BET Awards is Megan Stallion. Okay. 
the joy of the BET Awards to Megan Stallion because Megan Stallion used the budget. Megan Stallion socially distanced. Megan Stallion brought up Mad Max, and Megan Stallion was just twerking, the twerking, the twerking, the twerking. Okay. <laughs> Everything else, I mean, there's some great performances. Clover and Halley did a bang up job. Uh, John Legend and his piano did better than Alicia Keys and her piano. Mm. Um, the baby. That's the baby decided to somewhat recreate George Floyd's death. I wasn't really feeling that. Yeah. Uh, Roddy Rich's performance was pretty dope. Uh, my one complaint was that, like, they should have had Cedar from Cedar's World host. If Cedar, <laughs> Cedar, Cedar host. For real. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Amanda Seals. I'm just thinking, like, the theme of it being virtual. Like, I know you need a host in order to, like, shift things through. But also... Like if you're gonna recreate all the old BT uh, shows for like sketches, like just give us Cedar, just give us yeah. Cedar, <laughs> like you ain't really got paid them no real money because they'll be doing it from the crib and a green screen. So yeah. it'll be funny if they had Cedar looking exactly like she did back in the 2000s, <laughs> oh, so poorly man. drawn and animated. Oh, <laughs> Remember hits from the streets? Oh uh, yes, that <laughs> was a funny <laughs> show. Who? so overall would you say it was a good show considering what they had to deal with considering yeah man i think they set the bar for like digitally produced award shows i think they really set the bar because you know there were few awards actual awards given out especially um performances and i think just having that that level of production value that they normally don't get with a regular bet awards i'm like oh so y'all can do this for real, for real. Mm-hmm. All right, BT. I'm glad. We, I'm glad. But I also think that BT does a, a lot of great things when put under pressure, right? Um, so like, take it mm, 11 years ago when Michael Jackson died, like maybe like yeah. two days before the BT Awards, they smashed it because it became a full blown tribute to Mike, and they had like three days to produce it. Um, this they had months. They had like a little time. It's like okay, let's go ahead and make this pop. So this worked. This definitely works, I would say. I would I'd welcome it. I just hope that MTV uh did the same for the VMAs, but they're not. They're actually gonna be in person. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, that's good. One of my main complaints is always about the production of the BET Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, especially them being in Viacon company. I feel like they're they they could have done a most of the time, I'm very disappointed at how amateurish it looks. You know how some of the certain cut, like it is very bad production wise, but it's good that this one was actually done well. Uh, I will check out some more highlights because I wasn't sure how that would affect this whole thing, but it's good it's that all on YouTube. It. I'm gonna check yeah, it out. It's all hey, on YouTube. Let me say this real quick as somebody who's on these internet streets, like all of us are. Did, was this marketed? Like, did anybody know it was gonna be on CBS until it was on CBS? Not at all. That part, no, I did not realize. Like, like, last like we we know what time of year it is, so we know roundabout when the BET Awards are going to be. But I didn't know that I could just watch it on CBS. Yeah, you know, I feel I, like that should that 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 was a, a very important detail that they should have put out there and like pushed the shit out of that, so we could know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I seen maybe one article that mentioned it, and mm-hmm. I totally forgot about it because I was looking on BET because I got a fire stick. So I was looking for BT and they was playing something totally different. They was playing like a um a pre-party show. I guess they was going through the 20 best moments of BT Wars history. So I'm thinking like, damn, it's already nine o'clock. So I'm waiting around for it. And I'm like, I know it's not coming on at 10. 
And um, I seen somebody tweet and mention how it was on CBS. I'm like, what? So I ended up turning to it, and it was it was pretty good, man. I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was I thought it was real good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Roddy Rich's performance because I'd actually never seen Roddy perform live before. Like I have no recollection of live Roddy performances, and and the first thing I thought about was actually an earlier episode with uh, when I appeared with y'all and. I think Jasmine had just gone to a Roddy Rich concert. Yeah. 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 I know what here's the here's the wild part. So I think Roddy was in town it was a Thursday, I think. It was all it'd been sold out for like weeks because like the boxing just become like the biggest song in the country about it. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not making that. And then yeah, so you know, good. Roddy just performed here not too long ago before the Rona like really, really like slowly started picking up. Cause I remember, damn, because again, my brain works like an encyclopedia sometimes. So the last two major concerts here, I think were January. It was Roddy and it was Wale. And then Wale actually was the same night as the Royal Rumble. So he was at House of Blues and the Royal Rumble was at Minimate. That's how both of those things come together. I was like, I hit him, I was like, so how are you gonna make the rumble and then perform like right after? Mm. He was like, mm, I guess we got the limit there. I'm like, guess we do there, but but um yeah, I think um like uh, that may be a downfall of Viacom in a sense. Cause like if you're gonna have this huge thing, like you have nothing else running up against it, right? And this is literally could be the biggest BET awards of all. Why not have it running? You see all these different ads on TV, on CBS, underneath, you know, old episodes of How I Met Your Mother or whatever that CBS <laughs> Thursday block of comedy is right now. Big Bang Theory rerun. Something, right? It's, it's something. That's good, man. It's good that the production was actually well this time. So I'm going to check it out. I'm going to go back and look at some performances because I was iffy on it. So, uh, oh yeah, real quick too. Did y'all see that? Uh, the fabulous and uh, Jada Kiss versus. It was not a versus. It was a slaughter. Oh wow! <laughs> it, it was. It was a slaughter. Like I, I was in the group. I was in the group Slack, and they was like, "Yo, Jada Kiss versus Fab on Monday." Ooh, taking it back. I'm like, this is not gonna go how y'all think it's gonna go. It's just not because I've literally seen. It as an experiment. Somebody played Fab mixtape tracks. Somebody played Wayne mixtape tracks, and Fab got slaughtered. And I'm thinking to myself, so if you put Fab against Jadakiss, first of all, they don't match up at all, except they're from New York. <laughs> What's going to happen? And I I sat back for a brief second and I thought about it because I really wasn't gonna pay attention. I wasn't gonna watch it. And then I was like, you know what? Let me see how bad this goes. And then it was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Can I live by Black Rob? Jadakiss verse. <laughs> All about the Benjamins. Jadakiss verse. Didn't even, must say, we gonna make it. Jadakiss verse. Knock yourself out. Jadakiss. Uh, Mighty D Block. Jadakiss. Run with Ghostface. Jadakiss. I'm like, why are we here? <laughs> Why? Why are we here? And, and then he, and he spared him on some of those features in the beginning. He did. He spared yeah. him. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't play. Why? Didn't play twenty four hours to live. 
Like when the, when they played Bama TV, it was over. I was like, okay, we like look. I'm just here now to watch Jada get drunk and be the fun drunk uncle at the party. That's what he wants. Exactly. Exactly. So what 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 was wrong with Fabulous's set list? Did he just not have enough hits, or what what was he playing? So Jada is gonna keep you in this street lane, and he's gonna stay there because that's his lane. And Fab just kind of t- try to keep coming back with the chick jokes and them joints aged like. Karen created milk. Mm. It's not aging. <laughs> he didn't. Meanwhile, Jadakiss Street joints, they just forever just, they hit you in the soul. They just make you feel warm inside. I mean, look, <laughs> I I too want to lie to somebody and say that my bathtub lifts up and my walls do a 360. Ooh, a 360, yeah. I want to tell that lie sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. What, what, what do y'all think? Y'all agree? Yeah, I kind of agree, man. I think I thought it was a weird matchup from the beginning, but I follow a lot of New York people, so they was hyping it up. They was like, "Oh, Fab, no, he got way more hits." This, he they was naming the Soul Tape one, Soul Tape two, <laughs> and I think I think it would have been cool if he played some stuff from there, but he got way too many big hits to not play them at all. He got the song yeah. with Jagged Edge and stuff like that. And to me, the 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 set list he played, I think he would have been a better fit for Nelly. I think if he won against Nelly, because they all got girl hits, mm. so I think that, that, would, that is a good point. I think they, yeah. I think that would have been a better matchup. But New Yorkers would be pissed at that because they feel like Nelly is not a real rapper and Fab is, so mm. they will be a little offended if somebody said he he should have won against Nelly. But it might have gone the same way KRS versus Nelly went. Oh yeah, we <laughs> for, talked about that last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I just think, man, I I don't know, Fab. Fab got hits, and I see a lot of New York people up in arms too, saying, Oh, Fab didn't get washed. And I, I disagree, man. I think Jada Kiss is a dog. And people it was the yeah, people, ahead, people. Yeah, people always talk about oh, Jada ain't got no top hits and all this other stuff. Not he got shit that you could play right now that still sound good. Like don't Jada, nobody, don't nobody want to hear throw it in the bag right now, man. I don't want to hear throw it in the bag. I want to hear um the other song with Dream, <laughs> Shorty on Ten. I don't want to hear that. Shorty the shit. Shorty the shit. Yeah. Yes. So I just yeah I just. I don't know, man. That, even, though, it, even though I do kind of like that verse, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it was cool, but it's weird when you hear we gonna make it, and then you hear yeah. Shorty, um, Shorty is the shit. <laughs> it, it don't belong in a in a verses with with Jada Kiss. Absolutely <laughs> not. No, it don't. Nah, like Jada Kiss is an all time MC. The only thing Jada Kiss does not have is a consensually uh consensual. God dang, I can't speak today. Consensus. You're looking for a consensus. consensus. Thank you. A consensusly agreed upon classic album. That's it. Yeah. So my thought real quick on the verses, like just as a franchise, because this was my thought. I kind of saw this coming with Fab and Jadakiss. I I honestly wasn't that that interested in it, to be honest with you, because I didn't think that they match up well either. I didn't think about that Nelly matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of actually thinking about that right now, how that would have gone, because him and the ludicrous thing, I, I that, didn't, that didn't really work for me. But did it not seem like at some point the verses went from, like, supposed to be competitive to, like, this communal experience where they weren't really going versus? 
And so, like, I don't know how much they thought about that. Like, if they didn't realize that, hey, these are two New York rappers, this is going to be treated like a battle. This ain't going to be John Legend and Alicia Keys with their back to each other playing <laughs> classical hits. This ain't going to be Erica Badu and and Jill Scott being the aunties of the world and, and <laughs> one playing the other one's track when the other one phone died. Like, this is not going to be that. Like, and I felt like maybe they thought it would be. You know, like, I feel like the, the ethos of the verses maybe changed over time. So I have to ask this, too. Uh, do y'all think that the versus concept is getting a little bit played out now in terms of who do we have left that could reasonably go against each other and that we'd care about? A long time ago, I thought it did. Like, Oh, uh, when, when did you thought? When did you think it got started getting played out? When who did Jagged Edge go against? 112. Yeah, I, like I, and I was a fan of both of them back in the day, but I didn't feel like that was necessary on any like I didn't need that. I didn't need that. The last one that I really, really, okay, so I did enjoy the Jill Scott and Eric Badu, and I won't lie, but, like, I could have been done after uh, after DJ Premier and RZA. Like, mm. I could, hey, th- like, that's that set me off. I was like, okay, okay, this is it. <laughs> We're like, we can stop right here. We don't have to never do one of these again. And we just kept going. So I don't know if it's been watered down, but th- that was, to me, that was, like, peak versus for me. Mm. Nah, I still think there's certain matchups you can make that everyone would agree upon. Like, say, if T.I. and Ross did one, I'd be here. I'd be here for that. Okay. Like, to me, it's basically about what's your matchups. And all this is showing me is that if there are certain if there are certain people I need to play spades with, I'm not picking them as partners. I'm not picking Nelly as a partner in spades whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not picking Fabulous and DJ Booth as, as spades partners because you saw they handled that. And... Who else was very, very terrible in the verses, I think? Mm. No, uh, just them two. Just yeah. them two. Teddy Riley, really of course. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, Teddy is going to be asking you about what's the rules of the game. Like, are we using jokers? Are we not using jokers? <laughs> face cards? What, I say, what's the what's the, the parameters here? Like, that's what that's Teddy problem would be. Other than no. that, I'd be like, I can, I can No, Teddy is the guy that will make up the rules during the game. Yeah, he would yeah. throw out the Joker and be <laughs> like, "Oh, we playing Joker, Joker, Deuce Ace, right?" <laughs> and we he like, like wait, five books in. <laughs> we no, like, we, yeah, we like we five friends. books in, and he like, "Oh no, we I thought we was playing Joker, Joker, Deuce Ace." <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so Figgy, do you think it's getting played out yourself, man? Um, I kind of do, man. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like they're not really doing the right matchups. I th- I feel like they got the I feel like they got the um, regular ones out the way, but um, the ones we would really want to see, I don't think it is ever going to happen. We, like I I know Jay Z ain't about to do it, no. but we would love to see a Jay Z versus somebody elite. We would love to see a um I would love to see a Kanye and somebody, but I just think right now I think it's I think. I think we was during the quarantine and that really helped out a lot that they was doing stuff like that. But now I just think right now is, I think we all over it now because right. uh, stuff is like everybody coming outside. Yeah. People kind of outside now, people going back to work. So yeah. I, I think it's not that I, I, I think it's kind of getting played out now. Uh, let me think. Like if you get Pharrell, if you get Pharrell in there, like 
Yeah, I think it's I, I put him I, out there with the elite that would never happen. Yeah, <laughs> Dre, Diddy, and Pharrell. I don't think they're ever gonna do it. I don't know. You, unfortunately. you tell Dr. Dre that you gotta do a versus in order to make sure you don't have to worry about paying alimony because you about to get. The I mean, he's screwed regardless, <laughs> man. Ask your lawyer. Ask <laughs> your lawyer. Yeah, I, 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 I hey, think how I think, you don't get a prenup when you marry a lawyer? Like she go. She gonna get you for everything you got, bro. She this is her expert, this is her I, thing. I, I guess when you work a hundred million at the time you get married mm-hmm. and not factoring that other seven hundred that you about to make down the road. Hey, <laughs> a, hey, look at somebody who's not worth a hundred million. <laughs> I would want to protect my shit <laughs> if I ever came across it. Straight up. I don't know what's going on with Dre, man. His his whole existence is mysterious to me. I, I've always wondered if he's wearing a blow-up suit or something. <laughs> Because when's the last time anybody has seen him without like a, a full on sweatshirt on? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he had like injections in his because he, he looks so weird now, man. And he's perpetually swole. Yeah. And this whole thing is a good word. <laughs> like, what's going on with you, Dre? Uh, and the whole divorce thing, yeah, not at you, you, you're Dr. Dre, you don't have a prenup. Like of all the smart businesses you made in your life, the biggest one you could make and you didn't do it. Like very, very strange. Dr. Dre's just weird to me, man. I don't understand how you can't do that, but unfortunate for him. Hopefully she don't take everything, but I think yeah. we might see the detox leak out pretty soon. And not to open up old wounds, but it's not like Dr. Dre has had the best, like, you know, reputation and like love history yeah. with women like that. Like you're like, dude, I don't you know, this might be um, like a Juanita Jordan, Michael Jordan situation where it'll be worth it to pay her whatever she wants. So she keeps her mouth shut. Yeah, because Dr. Yeah. Dre has done some things that if we're looking at people's past as abusers. Yeah, yeah. Dre is up there. People yeah. was trying to yeah. cancel he just ain't him. been brought out. People was trying to cancel him after that um, Michel Leg uh, movie came out. Yeah. Michel Barnes. Like we got history with Dre. We, yeah, we have, and that's we just the public stuff we know about. You know, yeah. who yeah. knows what else is done. Yeah, if I'm Dr. Dr. Dre, I'll be like, hey, baby, what do you want? Exactly. <laughs> like here, I give you whatever you want, and that's it. <laughs> Straight so, out. I think that might be what that ha- that has to be the answer to me because I can't understand why else you would you would risk everything and not do a prenup. So, it is what it is. Uh. So we do have a topic on this show we bring out once in a while called What a Bro Knows. We talk about relationship issues, break it down. And we have one in particular we have to talk about that. We all know y'all already know what it is. <laughs> a certain celebrity couple and a certain uh, young R&B singer were involved in something a few, I want to say it was maybe a couple years ago this all came out. So. And it has resurfaced because August Alsina has a new album out. He's been doing some promo for it. He sat down with Angela Yee on her show and he discussed it. And the rumors were circulating about his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and his friendship with that whole family and what that actually entailed. He apparently wrote some songs that were allegedly about her and some kind of relationship and he spoke more about it. Let me play the clip for people who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it yet, I got to share the screen first. Hold on a second. 
Okay, so this is her. This is August Alcina on the Angela Yee show talking about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. So on what is love? Absolutely. And one thing that people ask, like, who is August linked to romantically? Because you're never very open about that. Like, we've seen you, mm-hmm. you know, out on dates, and we've, we've assumed certain things. Mm-hmm. And I remember you put out the song, Nanya, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were saying, okay, you know, August is dating Jada Pinkett Smith, and mm-hmm. that was something that was circulating as a rumor, and that kind of solidified it to people. So right. what was the real situation with Jada Pinkett Smith? Because I don't know if you were pursuing her or mm-hmm. you guys had just a close family type of relationship. And yeah. I would love for you to be able to shed that. Here's what I'll say. Um, people can have whatever ideas that they like, but what I'm not okay with is uh, my character you know, being in question. Mm-hmm. When certain things are questionable that I know is not me or that I know that I, I haven't done, you know, contrary to what some people may believe, I'm not a troublemaker, you know? I don't, I don't like drama. Drama actually makes me nauseous, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I also don't think that it's ever important for people to know what I do, who I sleep with, who I date, right? But uh, in this instance, it's very different because as I said, there's so many people that uh, are side-eyeing me, looking at me questionable about it. I mean, I've lost money, friendships, relationships behind it. And um, I think it's, it's because people don't necessarily know the truth, but I've never, done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I love those people, literally, like my family. I don't ever have, I don't have a bad thing to say about them. They are beautiful people. You know, when something starts affecting my life, um, and not only affecting my life, but affecting my wellness and my my well-being, and also starts to block my heart, my heart space is blocked. I don't really have a choice but to express so I think that was actually the wrong clip, but I'm not going to play the other one. But basically, it went on to say that um, there was, he he pr- pretty much said that they had a relationship, a sexual relationship, and that was removed from what Will Smith and her had going on at the time. And they were more of a partnership at that time in their marriage than romantically involved. And he also said that Will Smith gave him his blessing to pursue whatever he had going on with uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. So what this has caused quite the discussion on Twitter. I've seen arguments on several sides, uh, most prominently being that this shit is crazy and we would never tolerate this in our own relationship. But I've also seen some people say that it is ignorant to judge them based on how they view marriage and that marriage can't isn't always just monogamous and it's okay to have a partnership relationship and do other things on the side and i saw a lot of people giving uh also i've, I've seen hints at jada pinkett being a, a the abuser <laughs> in this situation somebody who took advantage of a young man who was looking for something more and she had a side nigga basically <laughs> so I want to know y'all's thoughts on this. 
in terms of everything like who is right who is wrong is this acceptable and would you even (laughs) entertain this idea in your own relationship brandon we'll go to you first Caldwell. I get I, I get the heavy I get the heavy point. Ain't that a bitch? Uh, <laughs> man, the the fascinating thing about it is that the Smiths and how their their marriage works is how their marriage works, and I think a lot of people have kind of like put it together a concept of what a marriage looks like, thanks to you know television, film, romance books, and so forth, and how um, it's basically been told down through generations. You know, marriage is man or woman, and in actuality, well, in my actuality, in my belief here, my truth, I'm not married, but I think a marriage is whatever you shape your union to be, right? Like if you bring in another person because you another you and your significant other tire of one another, cool. If you if you don't and you try to work that out, cool. If you are in that process of being with somebody and you're like, okay. I am with you as long as we make let's say where as long as we make each other happy. Great. Now, where August Alcina is getting all the brunt of this uh discussion is because, you know, it was one of those things that we knew, but we ain't necessarily need to like have him confirm it or nothing like that. Especially considering they're like, yo, you just put out a brand new album, and now this is considered an album promo as opposed to like letting the music on the album speak for itself. And like, you know, you're talking about your mental health issues and things of that nature. Nope, we're not even talking about the album, bro. We're talking about, so you were dicking down Jada Pinkett and you <laughs> gave me his blessing. <laughs> this now reminds me of a scene from Girls Trip where Tiffany Haddish told mm-hmm. uh, Jada Pinkett, just because he got a big dick, that still makes you a pedophile, you nasty motherfucker. <laughs> So to me, I'm like, look, what the relationship was, what the relationship was, but also what happened in August is Jada Pinkett and has has a lot of soul ties to a lot of different men. She has a soul tie to Will Smith because that is her partner for life. She has a two, she has a, a soul tie to the ghost of Tupac Scorp. She has <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, she almost August thought she had a soul tie with him. But reality, like she was, he was just an issue in the smash. It's, it's souls, but they're not tied. Like no, the they ain't tied. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are souls. <laughs> they didn't tie. They, they didn't tie up together. They didn't do they're it. not tied together <laughs> to the point where he is like, just must say he hurt. Like you must say, if you ever like messed around with a woman that like would have your head spinning. That's ex- we're literally witnessing that in real time because mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that Jada Pinkett, I don't know what era Jada Pinkett she put on that boy, but it's an era that he is stuck with. <laughs> He's like, he said, I need to breathe. This is choking me. <laughs> just, I need to breathe. The part that got me too was like all the stuff he was talking about he lost. Yeah. Why you lose stuff? What you lose? Why you lose all of that? Did like you, did you lose like your, your, your sanity? Like I can understand you lose your sanity about it because you know you caught up with this. Yeah. I have conspiracy theories about that, but I wait till my turn. <laughs> so, <laughs> B Scott, if your wife ever came to you and said, "Hey, let's mix something up," <laughs> would you be down with that, or <laughs> is is this going too far? 
and see, that's the thing. I would unquestionably be down with it, but the fact is, she would never do it. You know, like and so, <laughs> and so going back to Caldwell's point, like the it it comes down to like what are the terms of engagement? What is the agreement? And so, Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith marriage, like he said, works for them. That's what they agreed on. It's not like one person is stepping out and the other person is you know, like some kind of victim here. This is, this is the type of relationship that they figured out works for them. And so like from the, the marriage standpoint, I'm not like weeping for their marriage. Like this is, this is their marriage. This is what it is. Now the, the relationship, the, the thing that gets me, like there's that age factor, but then like I read something that like Jaden actually introduced August to his mom, like, Imagine yeah, that. I heard that. Imagine that one of y'all introduced me to one of y'all moms, and then come to find out later on, now we getting it in. Like that's that's a problem. <laughs> that that would be a problem. I feel like for most of us, like you you can't you can't introduce uh, somebody to your mom. You went on vacation with the family, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, that's not gonna work. That's not all gonna of work. the BET awards taking pictures <laughs> close. Completely TV in the background, looking around like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but I, I guess at this point, I'm just interested to see how it all unfolds on the red table talk. Like this isn't mm-hmm. just marketing for. You're right. She's bringing herself to the table. Yeah, that yeah. She's saying she bringing herself yeah. to the yeah. table, and even before yeah, she the hand movement I, too. Hey, people was <laughs> tweeting like, "Hey, look." If we get to see if all of them come up to this red table talk and talk about this together, I'm going to pass out. And I'm, I'm look, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this spectacle. Like, this wouldn't be my life, but I'm perfectly comfortable watching it be theirs. So I'm cool. Yeah, so for clarification, uh, Jada Pinkett's PR people have denied this in the media. They said August Alcina is basically lying. And she has said that she she made a tweet saying that there is healing needed. So I'm bringing myself to the red table. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Like, I understand it. Like you, they, they, you, you had to get August Alcina on here somehow for us to accept it. You can't just bring yourself. And, and, and talk to your own family about it. Like, you, you got to bring somebody involved. It got to be him and Will Smith. Yeah. Some, the, some, yeah. Dog, that would be must-see TV. That might break the Facebook I'm, viewer record at that point. I would have that to watch. Happened. I would have to watch that live on the TV, <laughs> popcorn and all, to see that. Oh man! <laughs> so, Figgy, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, man? Um, I'm not really surprised because remember he came out. Uh, August came out and said, mentioned this before, and uh, I'm just surprised he brung it up again with more details. So um, we all know about Will and Jada. That we we heard the rumors and all that stuff. So it's not really surprising to me. But uh, I think the part that kind of the part that's weird to me is we always hear about Jada with other men. With you know she mentioned the Tupac, you know August Alcina, you know different people. But we never hear Will Smith part. We never hear him about some other uh, with some other woman. So that to me, that's the head scratcher for me. I I just think it's kind of weird. So I'm, I'm wondering what what is he doing? <laughs> because I know he's not just sitting there being faithful. 
I, I, there, there have been rumors. Uh, Tisha Campbell has low key alleged that uh, Will Smith had an affair with her husband, and that's the reason why they're getting divorced. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have heard about this, but she's been pretty vocal I, about it. I heard something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then she made a post on she made a a post on Instagram highlight like capitalizing the truth will come to light, and y'all will know the truth soon and I, stuff I, like that. I had a, I had a, a, a joke uh, called Above the Rim, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. That's not going right. going, I'm not going that far. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because all of that, that whole little click um, been around the 90s, so it's not even surprising, man. Like, that's pretty much connecting the dots. Hearing Tisa Campbell and um, I, what's her dude name? Dwayne? Is it Dwayne? Dwayne Martin. Yeah. Dwayne Martin. Like that whole uh, little click been running the nineties as far as movies and TV shows. <laughs> so that's not even surprising. I'm gonna uh, really call Kyle Shepard from uh, Above the Rims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of me. Well, I think the reason why this is kind of controversial on her part now. I mean, we've all heard of the fact that, or the rumor that uh, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith have an open marriage. Mm-hmm. This has been circulating since I was a kid, honestly. I remember my parents talking about it. My mom would always say, like, you know they got open marriage, right? <laughs> I'm like, how do you know this? <laughs> but there's been rumors for a long time that this was the case. And even if, like, okay, Will Smith has been on the Red Table Talk. He's done things with Jada. And you can tell in her body language that something is kind of off. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you you see happy married couples and you can see the mutual love and respect. I think she loves him in a certain capacity, but you can tell like the reverence. For example, when you see Jay-Z performing Beyonce in an audience, you can tell she's in love, dog. Like she looks at him like she's looking at something amazing. When when Jada look at Will, you could tell like. She yes, thinking this nigga right here. He's still around, huh? But when she talk about Tupac, you know, she still cries to this day talking about Tupac. He's been dead for damn near what 30 years now. Yeah. And and she still gets super emotional. You can tell she really loved him and, and respected him. But Will Smith, there's something weird there, man. So I'm not surprised learning the fact that, you know, can basically confirm what we all knew. But I do agree that if the tables were turned. And Will Smith did this with a 20-year-old lady. Mm-hmm. It would be viewed he differently. would get crushed. <laughs> yes, they would get Will the fuck out of here. They canceled Bad Boys 4. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, it was, like if he came out and said, yeah, so me and Mario Robbie been an actual thing since we did that movie that one time. Mm-hmm. Half of everybody would be like, damn, Will, a white woman, the other half like, yeah. No, they 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 would go after Will, dog. So I, I do feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy there, but what's your conspiracy? Like, like like y'all said, it's their marriage, man. Like I, I don't really feel fit to judge. Like if you knew what you're getting into, I feel bad for August because he kind of implied that, you know, he loved her. And I guess in somewhere in his mind he thought that they would be together. And at some point he realized like this lady's not going to leave her family for you, you know, especially Will Smith for you. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> as far as losing friends and family and all that, I think that might have to do with the fact that 
Will Smith is very powerful in Hollywood. And like, like we've said, we had these rumors, but nobody has ever came out and said, I've been with Jada or I've been with Will since the relationship really, since they got married, you know? So if they got an open relationship, you got to wonder like, who are they having it with? People are keeping their mouth shut. So the fact that August Alsina, after so many years, was the first person to come out and say, I was with Jada. I'm sure he has some repercussions for that. You know, this is one of those things you're probably just not supposed to talk about in Hollywood. Yeah. And, so and he's probably. Not, uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, this is also not because we couched it earlier about bringing somebody into the bedroom like three. Like this isn't open relationships. This goes without saying, but open relationships and threesomes are not necessarily the same thing. No, you know? not at all. You know what I mean? So, so like, it's not like, you know, he was, uh, like he would have been a part of whatever they had going on. It would have been a totally separate thing, you know? And so, I, I mean, it's just another relationship in the marriage. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like marriage on inception or some shit like that. Like yeah, marriage yeah. within a marriage, you know, I don't know some shit like that. I don't know if y'all watch house of cards, but I feel like Will and Jada are a lot like Kevin Spacey and his wife in that show. You know, they're a partnership. They work to help each other grow in their political aspirations. And then they go against each other sometimes with the drama. But they, they're they with other people the whole time. They're not in like sexual at all. So yeah. I feel like their relationship is probably something like that. I don't know. But I do. I, I am interested in seeing the Jada Pinkett Red Table Talk. But I think it's going to be a lot of nonsense, honestly. Just because it's her alone, seeing her side of the story, and it's like okay, but it's she what it is. She got at least either bring August, Will, or both. Like one of the one of the somebody one of the men got to be there. <laughs> if it was about healing, she would have to bring August because he's the one who's hurt. Yeah. In this whole situation, I don't think Jada Pinkett really cares anymore. I think she's moved on. I don't think Will cares. So if there's actually healing to be had, you can tell August was hurt in that interview. So. I don't know, man. I wonder is Willow and the uh, mother gonna be on there too? How weird would that be? That, yeah, we Willow be in there. Yeah. <laughs> Willow gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. She be doing that. Yeah. It's like, what are you? What are you yeah. at? <laughs> <laughs> the Gucci man ad lib just on repeat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So other things real quick to wrap up, man. Uh, how do y'all feel about the NFL playing the Black National Anthem before games? <laughs> Lift every every voice and sing. <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. I, how y'all feel about this? Will y'all be standing up and saluting this one, or do y'all think this is a good <laughs> message for the league? <laughs> hey, this, this is like the fourth week in a row where some white company tried to pull some shit like this. I'm <laughs> no way. I, I really want to know. Perfectly like, said. So, B Scott, man, you, you seem yeah, like, like you had the hottest like, take on this. It, 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 well, it's just like, okay, we're we going to do this, but we're going let's, to let's sing, lift their rewards and sing, but let's still have like two black general managers, no management, no, no <laughs> ownership, no uh, coaches. Going, we're going backwards. The NFL is going backwards. As far as like social justice and or, or just like activism 
Like you had you had Colin Kaepernick in your league, the the first the first player to really you know to to come out. I guess I out of the current athletes, you know, he was kind of the face of it, the face of the movement, and you shunned him. You shunned him, and you think that the way to 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 to, to atone for that is to play the Negro <laughs> spirituals. Like, what are we doing here? Like action and what we talked about earlier, everything except what we actually asked for, everything except like tangible progress, things that that we can point to and say, hey, hey, this is something that can benefit us. This is something that where, you know, more black coaches can get hired, uh, more black management. Uh, Colin Kaepernick can still get a job and just work. People forget about this with Cap. It's not like he was really trying to make a political statement in the very beginning. He just decided he didn't want to stand his ass up for the national anthem. Like he's yeah. like, fuck what you talking about and what you want to do. It wasn't really supposed to be a movement until anybody, until somebody asked him about it. And then it became one. And so now the NFL checking the temperature of the room, they're basically just doing what every other company is doing. Like, okay, let's take, let's take Angel Mama off of the thing. And even though that was offensive, but like, let's just, let's just do all of these reactionary things because now all of a sudden we feel like white people care about this now. And so since white people care about this now, now we're going to do this thing. Oh, what, what, would, what would look really good? Well, they don't want to stand for the national. We know that they're going to kneel. We know they don't want to stand for the national anthem. So we're going to play what they like, or we're going to play they, they, their music. You know, it just, it, it's just pandering on a level that is just so ridiculous to me. Like, what if this is some backdoor effort to just to get them to stand? You know, mm, like, we knew y'all didn't want to stand before, but, you know, we're we going to play y'all shit too. So why don't y'all stand for ours? You know, it's gonna look know. real awkward if you kneel for one and stand for the other. So yeah, right. And, and I it's, think I think okay. uh, I can see white people sitting down for whenever they play the uh, lift every voice. And <laughs> like I can see, I can see if, if they the make, white players kneel for the black national anthem really and the black good. players kneel no, for the no, white I'm, national anthem. I'm just talking about <laughs> just fans. Period. I can see people complaining about that. White people complaining about that. Well, I, well, here's I, a, I just think it's a bad idea even bringing that on. <laughs> the, the convenient, the convenient element of it, as far as fans go, is that hopefully there ain't gonna be no fans in the stands to begin with. So there's nobody to. Somebody made this point. I can't remember who it was, but there's nobody to offend now, especially if there's not gonna be any fans in the stands. They would probably almost be better to just cut the the anthem entirely like no negro spirituals no national anthem like what the hell do you need it for let's just get out there and play ball there's no pomp and circumstance to really cater to it in, in this in this scenario so like if they really wanted to they could cop out of this they don't have to do shit yeah the only thing i would say about that is remember um i i think years ago they say they had some type of agreement with the the military on even doing the national mm. anthem so I don't know if it's a money thing involved with it where they have to do it. But that's that 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 would be the only thing I'd be worried about is maybe they have to do it. And see that would be, that would be a problem for me anyway. Like if there is an agreement like the national anthem, let's just let's just pretend to be to give a shit about it for a second. Like the national anthem does not slap. It, it, first of all, first and foremost it does not slap. But it's also not exclusive to the military. Like, it doesn't, like, just belong to patriots, you know, and to soldiers and whoever, like, likes it. Like, it's supposed to be for the people. Like, it's it's everybody's shit, you know? Like, 
it's not just yours. Yeah, like even though it doesn't slap, like you can have it. But but it's supposed to be. Maybe that's the problem with it is that it's no, it's not nearly as representative as it's supposed to be, which kind of speaks to the country, mm-hmm. speaks to the issues, and to the whole reason why we're here in the first place, kneeling and protesting and all of that shit. Salient points, man. I agree. Uh, B. Doc or B. Brandon Caldwell, you seem like you have a take on this, man. Maybe. So, when you ask for an inch, they give you a centimeter. <laughs> when you ask for an inch of common sense, they give you a centimeter. Nobody asked to play lift every voice and sing. Like, actually, no, I take that back. We probably did ask. Somebody, um, somebody black in the, in, 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 the, in corporate headquarters. Like, look, man, we got these white boys on ropes. Let's go ahead and just start <laughs> suggesting wild shit and see if they say yes too. And sure enough, they say, "Hey, let's say so." Hey, let's play. Let their voices in. Oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how about to do the, the easier part, which is don't conflate your emotions to your paying customer base that. Clearly, their racism and their jingoism is a lot more important than human rights and human decency. What about the people who literally left your game because you're not listening to somebody literally asking for, hey, man, I want something, but I want this country to be better. I want this country to live up to its message of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, hey, let's get let their voices sing. Okay, cool. Um... Does that now mean that various teams can start playing their own anthems uh, during game before games now? We're not going to play the national anthem. So that means if you go to Atlanta, you play the Falcons and the Mercedes Benz, you're going to hear March Madness. Um, <laughs> if you come here, are you going to hear uh, Still Tipping? That's true. Um, are you, if, you, if you go to Las Vegas, damn, I forgot. I, I can't think of anybody, Vegas and – New York. Yeah, the song, maybe. New, I don't know. Nah, New yeah, York, I don't New know. Uh, I guess Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. You go to the Jets. You go to you go to the the the, the New Meadowlands and uh, in MetLife with the Jets and the Giants. You play um, anything by Jay Z. No. Um, you got to play Dipset and play Pop Smoke. Like, what do you like? Like, how- <laughs> Dipset Anthem gonna be played in New York? <laughs> Dipset Anthem should be the national anthem. If we're being honest, oh, a hundred percent. Makes <laughs> me feel patriotic. I, man. I really just, I really think like, and this is kind of like the thing with like uh, some white progressives and some few white liberals. Like, yo, the harder thing, it's it's far better. You'll be you'll be far remember. You'll be, but I, you'll be far better remembered for doing the hard thing as opposed to just placating somebody with the easy thing. Because you're going to get laughed out of the door. Like, particularly, I can tell you this much, I bet you more I bet you more people know all the versions to live their voice and sing than they do the National Anthem. Uh, mm, I don't know. Here's what I more say. People, black. black. Black people, yeah, of course. Yeah, black, I'll say, yeah. Okay, black. yeah. Okay, black. yeah, I agree. Probably. Because you know they play the national anthem everywhere you go. They only play "Live the Revolution" at, at our at our shit. You know, like <laughs> this would be the the unprecedented part where where we cross over uh, in this in this way. You know, like how many? I would be interested to know how many NFL 
fans even knew we had an anthem? How, how many people even know we had a lift every voice and sing? Much less know the lyrics. I want to know when was this was decided to be the Black National Anthem. Do we have a vote? I don't remember being involved in learning this. Like, I didn't hear this was called the Black National Anthem until this was announced. I'm like, wait, since when? Yeah, I, didn't I understand know Black people love it. <laughs> but I didn't understand. It was called the Black National Anthem. I've never heard that it called that before. So that was crazy to me. But man, I agree with all y'all's points. Um, I do feel like these these uh, announcements, these things that are being done, are more performative than actual, you know, provoking any kind of change or even any kind of real thought, you know. And it goes to what the NBA is doing too, putting Black Lives Matter on the court, having people be able to put messages on their jerseys. That's cool, I guess. But I mean, your ownership is still white. You know, the people who run the leagues are white, make the big decisions are white. And I still wish John Morant got could have got away with Oh yeah. <laughs> that that's what scared them. When they saw that, they were like, Okay, what did he we say? have to have a list of what you can put. You can put group economics. Hey, how about that guys? What did he say? What did uh, he wanted to F12. put? F twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh he he put a photoshopped image when they first announced that they were gonna be able to wear whatever they wanted on their uh jersey. He photoshopped an image of him having fuck 12 on the back of his jersey. <laughs> and then, he, like, immediately after, he apologized for it. And then they, like, a few days later, they announced what's approved for players to wear. But this all comes down to money and trying to look good to get more money. Yeah. Same thing with the NBA trying to have a continued season this year, despite the fact that, you know, there's a pandemic going on and camps are getting closed. And it's really not safe to be doing anything of this nature right now, but they're still going to try because of money. Same thing with the NFL. It's all about money and looking good and looking like you're doing something without making the hard decisions and doing anything that really is hard to do and might actually divide your audience. So it is what it is, man. I, I didn't expect much from the NFL anyway. I'm, I'm so just if, curious. Only, if the players feel good about it, that's fine. I'm just curious to know if when they was in that meeting, who brought that up? To say, who? let's do the Black National Anthem. I bet you it was let's somebody black, it. man. And That's the terrible thing about I know, it. I know. <laughs> it, came, it came about the same way that the Congressional Black Caucus saw, yes. saw them give saw them like, look, bro, we got them over the rails. What can we do? What can yes. we do? Hey. Graduation can't take cloth. I got it. <laughs> like, hey, I got an idea. What about this? Hey, but you know what this also reflects to me, though? I felt like like ever since the beginning of this or maybe after the initial outrage of what happened to George Floyd, I feel like a lot of black folks came to this realization of, hey, if we want to ask for some shit, now is the time to ask for it. Like, no matter how outrageous, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, let's just ask for the shit and see what they say. Like, like it could have even been a situation where they just play like the black people the black, they, they know what time it is, the black people that work at the NFL. I mean, you saw what they did, or I guess it was some of the white folks that worked there, but you saw what happened with that video that the players put together and how rogue employees had to go behind their back. Like, it's people at the NFL that know how, how they work and how they operate, and they're probably just like, you know what? I know all they care about is money. I know all they care about is public perception. This is where we are right now. This is what the conversation is right now. Let's just throw some shit out there. Let's just see what we can get. And I could just see this being one of those things. Just some bullshit 
antidote, you know, sidebar that they threw out there and they were like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that would be, <laughs> that would be a really good way to reach across the aisle. Yeah. It's kind of like when your parents get divorced and suddenly you start asking for a bunch of toys from your dad or something and suddenly <laughs> you get what you want because they feel bad for you. So yeah, man, I mean, it is, like I said, if it makes the players feel good or better about themselves, that's fine, but it does nothing for us. And it doesn't really evoke any kind of change or this sounds kind of silly, but I mean, whatever. It's, it, it's every company too. Remember L'Oreal? They did that this week too, saying they're going to ban the word whitening on oh, all come products. On. <laughs> okay, here's where I'm kind of torn because I do feel like some of these things do need to be changed in terms to change because racism is so deep, man. It is so deep yeah. encoded on our language and things we don't think is racist, but we do. We look at certain things a certain way. You know, I, I always think about the doll test where they did with black kids and they all thought the white kid was better than the black kid, you know, and, and there are things in our society that we do need to change. But whitening is literally making your teeth whiter. So, like, would, <laughs> would, would Colgate change that, too? Like, I don't know, man. I, I think people just throwing it up there, man, just to try to get a reaction. It's, it's stupid, man. It's really stupid. Hey, you know what? Speaking of changes, I'd love to get Caldwell's thoughts on this, too, because when we talk about changes that seem unnecessary but or, or you're trying to gauge whether it's necessary or whether it's pandering, this is one that growing up I wouldn't have said it was necessary because I just did not think much of it. But now as an adult, it's you clearly see the problems with it. But out in Fort Bend County, most city killing all the plantations, man. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> like I grew up in Hiram Clark, so not far from most city. And so when we would venture out there and see all of these plantations, we were like, oh, I guess that's just a plantation. That ain't the same type of plantation. But yeah, it ain't really but only one kind of plantation you really know about in America, right? So like, I, I don't know. I, I know that as a child, I didn't think much of it. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, Damn, I'm surprised I didn't really realize how racist that shit sounded as a kid. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, according to Sienna themselves, they've been planning to, like, remove the plantation aspect of it since 2019. So, this is before all the, um, before the literal civil unrest in America kicked off. Well, civil unrest has always been around. It just bubbled back up to the forefront again. In context, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So, Effectively, like the place formerly known as Arcola Plantation, which, you know, was a big giant sugar and cotton plantation out there and has been out there since 1827, mind you. Uh, yeah, it's just, it just, it, it feels weird, you know, because you drive up and down streets and whether it be Sugarland, Stafford, Mo City, you see street signs to say Confederate. Mm-hmm. You see plantations and you see all these different things. And then I always used to joke back in high school because I didn't necessarily think about people moving over to Sienna Plantation uh, until like maybe my junior or senior year. I started hearing black folks moving over there. I'm like, y'all, y'all know that. Y'all, okay. All right. You got it. Y- y- y'all got it. Yeah. Like if, if some Tales from the Hood shit happened, and some of these little dolls come to life and start killing folks, you know what happened. You know what it was. Um, I just think it's fascinating, man. It's just really, really fascinating. Like, these things that are so, as Ryan said, they're so baked into our identity 
and baked into the fabric of our culture that we don't really give them second thought. And I think now that we're sitting here and we're being forced to sit here because of the pandemic, it's like, yo, uh, hmm, I, hmm, let's Start go thinking. ahead and peel a lot of this stuff back. Like, if we're trying to finally make a more progressive and forward-thinking, you know, society, then I guess the baby steps is removing some of the little things. I also think that, you know, you can also just knock out the hard stuff, hard stuff first and you can be like, oh, yeah. So while we're here, let's go ahead and check out these boxes here. But it's weird. It's <laughs> really, really weird that you don't really think about it until, like, you have to think about it. Like, oh, I really... I really used to play football, go to our old high school. <laughs> Not go to high school. I used to go to Hightower. Where's Hightower? Right next to an old plantation. They built a whole high school named after a black person <laughs> right next to a high school. When I say right next to a plantation. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff. And speaking of that, did y'all see Netflix decided to take all the movies off that had to do with blackface? Again, they don't even need, you don't need to take them off. You put a disclaimer in front and say, hey, so we made this. This is the crazy part about it. They also took off white chicks. I mean, that's probably for the best. I mean, look, Terry Crews is sinking the ship with all white chicks. (laughs) Like, Terry Crews is single-handedly, single-handedly, like, knocking it down. So it's like... The funny thing is, white people love white chicks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even think it's offensive, dog. Yeah, man. So that's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what's being taken too far and what I think looking back will be like, okay, why did it even take us this long to make some of these changes, you know? But uh, it's a good discussion to have. Good, good things are happening now. So. I am more positive and looking forward to the future and what we'll look like once we get out this whole, hopefully 2020 has been so fucking, hopefully the second half is a lot better than the first, man, because this first half has fucking been a mess. (laughs) But uh, hopefully good things come from it and uh, yeah, changes happen, man. Actual actual real changes happen soon. (laughs) Not politicians kneeling. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I've had about enough of the kneeling, honestly, but it, that's a whole debate. That's a whole that got caught a long fucking time ago, so now we're just like... Once Jerry Jones did it, it was dead, man, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Nah, when Ray Lewis did it with both knees, Ray Lewis got on both knees and did it. I was like, all right, okay. Yeah. He said he was yeah. praying. Yeah. He yeah, was he, giving he, glory he, to God. He kneels, <laughs> yeah, he kneels for Jesus. That's not what we was talking yeah. about. Right? Oh, oh, damn. Where are we here? I'm sure every black person was sitting there like this. <laughs> oh, God. It's just starting to get embarrassing, man. It's, it's really getting embarrassing. It really is, man. Hopefully, once we get all this cringy stuff out the way, we, we see a much better uh, situation for us. Going forward in the future, man. But we'll all, all, all be observing it. I'll be participating in it. Um, so we're going to wrap this thing up, man. It's been a great discussion, great debates, great everything, great takes. Uh, thank you all for watching us on Twitter, if you are. If you haven't watched the video, check it out. It's on the Gems and Juice Twitter account, at uh, Gems and Juice, I believe. And uh, thank you, Brandon Caldwell, first-time guest for joining us, man. Hey. Anytime, you say you want to bring me back, I'm here. Long oh, as, for sure. As long as I have working Wi-Fi, 
and somewhere to sit my ass down. Oh, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you are underscore brand doc on Twitter. Are you on IG too? What's your IG? IG is brand doc. No underscore. Okay. Yeah. Follow that man. A lot of good content. Um, also, of course, follow our great friend, Brandon Scott. Uh, what's your Twitter account again, man? I just, just so it's, it's just Brandon K. Scott. First name, middle okay. initial, last name. So Brandon at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter and at B. Scott from Hiram Clark with the E at the end on Instagram. Yes, sir. You have a podcast too, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> so I just started it, man. I'm just trying to get it figured out. It's, it's real experimental, uh, but it's called the B Block. You know, a hint on my first initial. Uh, it's, it's also, a, a, I guess, a play on on television where you put uh, the stuff that des- doesn't necessarily go on a in block. the A block or in the first, you put yeah. it on the B block. I peeped so, the vision. I peeped yeah, the vision. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit of a double entendre there, what I was trying to do. You can follow that at B block or at B, at B underscore block podcast on, on Twitter. Man, I'm doing that and I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple and Buzzsprout, man. So, and of course, if you follow me on social, you'll find it whenever I post it. It's mostly sports, but it could it, it could get into anything like just whatever. Because it's, I mean, it's the B block. It's whatever the hell I want to talk about at that given <laughs> point in time. So, uh, so yeah, man, I've been doing that a couple months now, and so far, so good. So, y'all support me, man, whenever you can. Yeah, I just want to say you did a good job filling in for uh, Sports Radio six ten yesterday morning yes so it, it was pretty dope man it's good seeing you ho- or hearing you hopefully you could get more opportunities like that yeah man like i just since since we're here man and we y'all my people man <laughs> i have been trying to do that i've been waiting literally 10 years for that moment mm. 10 years mm. a decade so yeah I, I can't tell y'all how much that meant to me and to be able to keep doing it. If I get another opportunity, man, I'm, I'm going to grab it. So uh, I appreciate y'all for supporting and listening, man, for sure. I heard some of that too, man. That was really good. Good work, uh, man. Low key 610 has a dope holiday lineup, especially when they yes. bring in some people like a uh, way Smith and trap Travis John's dog. That yeah. show is so funny, man. I'll be rolling <laughs> laughing at that show. They need that needs to be a full time show. Somewhere. It could easily be a full time show. Yeah, easily be a full time show for sure. Yeah, the Smitty and Trap show is hilarious, man. I love that show. So if y'all ever out and it's a holiday weekend, tune in six ten, man. You're gonna hear some dope voices you probably ain't heard in a while. Uh, and yeah, check out the podcast too, man. I heard some clips you posted, and that was dope. Um, really interested in where you take it. So everybody subscribe to his podcast, the B Block. And uh, Figgy, you uh, you got a new Figgy's World out, man? Uh, no, I took a day off. I took I took this okay. week off. But um, okay. I got another one coming pretty soon. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to probably freestyle it this week. But um, okay. it would be dope, man. It's going to be dope. Okay. Of course, follow him at the Figgy Fig on social media. Follow the podcast. A special shout out to a longtime listener and supporter, uh, Tab. He has a new business he's launching called Tab Tech. I believe he is selling and buying uh, phones, computers, things of that nature. So if you're looking for an iPhone 11 on the low, hit him up. He got <laughs> you, man. Uh, he's just starting that out. I think he's on Twitter. Hopefully it's legal. I think it's legal. Yeah, it got to be, man. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think these phones are hot. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I think you'll be good, man. Tell them the Gems of Juice podcast sent you. Yeah, t- tell them the Gems of Juice podcast <laughs> sent you. Thank you, Tap, for supporting us. We're going to support you, too. If anybody else got a business you starting up in a, under quarantine, 
do that too. Uh, I'm already forgot Joanna's name of her business, but she got something dope too. B something. B Lux. B the B Lux something like that. But yeah, check it out. Check her her shit out too. And uh, I'm at the Ryan Rocking on Twitter. Shout out to Jasmine too. And we're gonna be back next week doing the same thing. Thank you for our very special guest for joining us. And until next time, y'all, we out. Shit.